idiot idiot man don't know how it got that like that I, I'm pretty certain I've had it on one before but then maybe when I slid it back from three the last time Pete was on yeah um, I maybe just didn't slide it in hard enough <laughs> okay I mean this is great banter straight away If you'd like to get in touch with us or share our uh, podcast with some friends, find us on facebook.com forward slash guys on film or Twitter and Instagram at UF podcast. And um, just send those links to people and tell them that we're great. If you think we're great, that is. If you don't think we're great, then just keep that to yourself. Keep your mouth shit. Yeah, shut up. Uh, I'm Ian. He's Ollie. Hi. We're both guys. We're chatting about films coming up in December 2017. It's the Guys on Film podcast. Luke, who's talking now? Interesting. Because of Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Okay, so in our deep dive today, we've got... uh, We're basically just going to look at all the films coming up in December, right? Yeah, and there's... You know, to to be honest with you, there's not that many that that look great. It's a bit of a stinky December, if you ask me. Stinks Ember. Okay, what are we doing in Segi 1? Because I'm quite trepidatious about it. Okay, uh, well, I'm going to be pitching you some business ideas in a Dragon's Den style, so you can either greenlight them or shit them in the bin. Okay. Um, and these will be spin-off businesses uh, based on, on films. Okay. So just, just little ventures that I might, I might start up, but I'm going to need a bit of uh, financial backing. Okay. But I've got I've got a description, I've got a name of the company, and I've got a company slogan for each one. Oh, uh, nice. So I want you to take all all of that into consideration before you uh, green light or shit in bin. I I wish you'd spent almost as much time on uh, the deep dive as you had on this, because obviously this has been some time sink. Uh, well, look, all I can say is we've covered a lot of ground between us on the deep dive. Okay. So we're actually we've we've both dove to you know separate depths Devin. but in doing so we've really divin to you know we've really Divin. scoured the whole area yeah okay cool you it know, sounds really good i'm dove. up for this saggy one so should we get into it why not why guys on bill yeah but guys we're talking about bill it's the guys on bill podcast for real you know what guys talking about bill it's the guys on bill podcast for real okay. that's the that was the rap that was the rap jingle you just heard oh yeah still going strong yeah still going yeah. strong um the other week i was actually suggesting that we get jingles for um green light bing or yeah. shit in the bin yeah Something like that. I, I mean, mean, those. I mean, you've just like. done. You've just done them. <laughs> I mean, you've just done them. So I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, all I'm going to do is put a touch of reverb, a hint of delay on it, and uh, there we go. We've got our maybe some added wetness for the shitting in the bin, and maybe okay. the rustle of uh, paper, like in a sort of waste paper bin. <laughs> right. Anyway, should we uh, should we crack on? Okay, so I'm going to pitch you a business idea, okay. uh, and this has come from uh, seeing a little image, a little meme on the internet of uh, a, a guy that's done a, a flooring company called Lino Ritchie, and the slogan is, is it me you're looking floor? It's good. And I quite like that. I think, that, I think that's pretty good. So, um, in, uh, this, so what, in this scenario, I'm like a pun 
pun-based Duncan Bannatyne. Yeah, exactly. You're a pun-based Duncan Bannatyne, um, and I'm a nervy Dragon's Den entrepreneur, I guess you could say. I've got a business idea, and I'm going to pitch it to you. Normally, you'd have another couple of people beside you, but at this point in time, it's just the one dragon. Okay. Um, now, out of interest, it's a big part of this um, stolen format that we've got here is that they, the uh, dragons themselves have some money. Should I just pretend I've got lots of money, or should I approach this as myself and think about how much money I could actually invest in some of these ideas? I mean, the amount. I, I mean, I've got some set amounts of money that I can ask for. Okay. Um, but but they're all more money than you have. I mean, don't jump to any hasty conclusions there, Ollie. <laughs> well, why haven't you made that film yet? That's a good point. It is a good point, though, isn't it? It is a good point, yeah. Number one, are you ready? Yeah, ready. Uh, so I want to start a business that will get AI-driven robots to install new lawns and control the weeds with a subscription-based maintenance service. Okay, so straight straight off the top here, like this sounds very much like a business designed for the pun. <laughs> I, I mean, they, fine, you're damn right. It sounds kind of useful, but it does seem like I you're mean, already just, reaching quite far with this one. And what else? Do so they, do? they install lawns. They control. The, the out, any outbreaks of weeds okay. keep it nice and short okay. uh, and it's a subscription base so you pay monthly and, and the robots will just come around and they'll sort it out for you you know you don't have to worry they'll, they'll just do it for you probably drones or something they'll, leave it to the eggheads they'll sort okay. it out right name of the company Mobocop slogan the future of lawn enforcement. It's good. It's, really it's good. good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so I'm looking for two hundred thousand uh, pounds for a fifteen percent share in the business. Okay, I'd quite like to just dig into this part a little bit. So you're asking for two hundred thousand, but you've got absolutely no idea how the robotics aspect of it's going to work. You're leaving well, that to the eggheads. Exactly, the money is going to go to the eggheads to figure that out. Yeah. Okay, I think you can probably afford two eggheads based, <laughs> like, based on how long for a year? Yeah, two eggheads for one year. Yeah, that's fine. They'll come up with something by then. Right, but what are they going to do for? I mean, you've not thought of anything like overheads and like materials. Have you got a business plan? I just need a few robots. Or do you just have a pun? Are you, are you? Is this Ian or is this Duncan Bannatyne? I mean, it's a little bit of both, I suppose. Uh, I mean, I, I've got no business experience at all. Oh, that much is absolutely obvious. <laughs> I mean, I'm also looking for a little bit of steering here, so if you can make some suggestions, Dunk, Dunk Ian, um, <laughs> then, you know, we can, you know, maybe move it forward. I mean, it sounds like you're kind of interested. I'm going to go in on this one, but I'm not going to give you what you're after. I, I want that 15% stake, but I'm going to give you 100 <laughs> quid. What's the 100 quid going towards? I don't know, but I'm behind you all the way. But I'm giving you 100 quid. I'm not giving you 200 grand. There's no way. It's good enough for me. Okay. and That means yep. I own 15% of those puns and taglines. 
MoboCop, the future of law enforcement. Okay, no, business number two. Okay. So, Dunk Ian, I would like to set up a budget airline that is strictly father and son operated. So we only hire pairs, okay? The, the name of the company, The Fly 2. Okay. But instead of the number two, it's the word two, T-O. And the tagline or slogan is just simply like father, like son. You know what's quite odd, actually. But you get you get the you get the you get the you know that father and son vibes on the flight. Pally vibes. Um, yeah. It was. It's funny. Um, I've just recently read the in-flight magazine for uh, Norwegian Air, uh, having been one of the first airlines in the world to have a father and son do. Uh, oh, so are they are they already are they already doing it? Well, then? no, they're not specialising in that. It's just. But it looks like they could if they wanted to. So, I mean, this is the first time it's ever happened. I think they flew from Inverness to Birmingham. I kind of feel like maybe there's going to be a bit of a drought of fathers and sons for your business. Yeah. Once they, all the fathers and sons start, you know, noticing the business, they might start learning how to fly and, you know, quite lucrative. What are you looking for for this? Uh, I'm looking for five million. uh, (laughs) Because we're going to need planes, aren't we? Uh-huh. And we're going to need dads. <laughs> and the dads can provide the sons. I'm looking for, you know, 20% share, I think, is, is, is fine. Okay. So, how much are we asking for? Uh, five million okay. pounds. So, interestingly, uh, the Boeing 787 Dreamliner costs 120 million. So... <laughs> Um. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know, but what a smaller plane, you know? You're going to be doing father just, and son trips in like Cessnas, little yeah, tiny yeah. like four seaters. Yeah, but it'll be really intimate. Yeah, you could get a, a four four seater Cessna for 164,000. So yeah, you can there get we go. Just get seaters. get get like twenty of those. <laughs> Still shit maths. Um, (laughs) Um, okay I'm not in on this one the puns are bad the maths don't add up and I don't think it's a good concept Uh, so I'm shitting that in the bin oh uh, hold on do the the sound again oh that was good it's like it played out live next one Uh, so I'm looking at uh, starting a one man army themed odd jobs and house cleaning company the twist here being that all the cleaners are currently retired and living an idyllic life until you need some work. The business is called Come and Do. Come and Do. <laughs> <laughs> and the slogan. <laughs> okay, it's good. Come and Do. And the. Commando. <laughs> and the slogan is somewhere, somehow, someone's going to pay the invoice for the job. <laughs> um, I'm looking for 200 million for a 30% share. Uh, the reason why I need so much is because we're going to need to buy loads of log cabins for our staff to live in. Sorry, what are the staff doing if they're just so it's well, they're, you're they're, paying for the retirement? Just, yeah, so they're they're retired. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they're all just retired, feeding the deers, chopping up wood, yeah, having a real 
you know, great life, but then you've got a home disaster. You know, the cats had a mad number two and number three all over the floor. You know, the washing up's just piling up sky high. It's an absolute disaster. You've got guests coming around. You need someone to come and fix it, right? So you, you get the, the command do one-man army themed odd jobs and house cleaning service. Okay. But they you have to pull them out of retirement in order to do so. Okay. I mean, what's to say any of these folks are going to come out of retirement? There's no guarantee. Oh, you, you have to kidnap someone of the, one of their family. And that's also why we need the money. Okay. It sounds too complex, but I'm willing to get behind this. So Bing. I'll give you the money you're after. I mean, I'll have to all, find all it. it first. But, um, okay. Yeah. You're up for it. But I think that's just based on the pun, right? Yeah, come on. More than the business. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, final final one now. Um, so I'm looking to start a grilled cheese sandwich company where ensuring that my permit is visible at all times is the utmost importance. Permit for what? Grilling cheese? Uh, well, and just food vending in a public area. Right. Interesting. Tell me more. Uh, company name. Yeah. Licensed to grill. Okay. Uh, I'm looking for £15,000 and a laminator <laughs> would, for 10% of the business. Would you not just ask but, oh, for, gonna, for like sort of 15,020 quid? I just need a turnkey solution. I <laughs> I, uh, I I just need the laminator. What are you going to do with I the I don't want to have to go and buy it. <sighs> buy the cheese, buy the bread, buy the, you know, loads of brevels. <clears throat> Okay, you know who doesn't want a cheese sandwich, grilled one and that, and you know, and and the but you know the permit is front and center. You're always you're always hearing people say, "Do you want to go out for a sandwich?" That's, yeah. that's a callback. Yeah, um, and they'll say, "Well, hold on a minute, only if the place is licensed to grill." To grill. So what what was the other part of the that was there a tagline for this at all? I haven't got a tagline for it now because Bond doesn't tend to have taglines. Okay. Okay. I, th- I mean, you could if you could think of a quick tagline, I'd be I'd be happy to go go with it. No, because you're asking me now to do the work. That makes me not want yeah, to get okay. involved with this. I was gonna give you the fifteen grand and the laminate and the laminate, but but now it turns out you just asking me now to come up with a creative for the tagline just gives me an indicator that. The next couple of my years ethics. are going to be a bit of a my work ethics, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, just give, fair. just give me a window into the working atmosphere. So yeah, I'm out. Shit, that okay. in the bin. Life scores, I guess. Live score. How are you? Live score. I'm fine, thank you. Live score. Out of ten. Live score. Probably like a, a four. Ian, how's your life? What's the score? Things have taken a significant upswing. Um, okay. I think due in part to the fact that uh, weekly we talk to each other about how our lives, lives are going. Lives are going. Um, and it just made me realise how many weeks I'd been like just putting quite a few different things off. Like the things that I still had gripes about. Um, so, so my iPhone was just causing me no end of jip. And um, not having internet at home, 
um, yeah. stuff like that. So, well, you did actually message me um, earlier in the week saying that you've got uh, the gripe to end all gripes on this week's life score. Oh shit! Did I? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll talk to you about that in a second. Okay. Um, but I got a new phone. That's good. Um, I've got internet in my house again, so that's really steeply brought things back up. Like I'm, okay. I'm able to compete. Uh, level level playing field again uh, with the big bad world um, overall not too much else happening uh, went to a birthday party last night it was good um, I saw Justice League this week yeah what was that like what do you think well I know what it was like but what do you think I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I would um, okay. I thought it was fine it was a lot better than Batman vs Superman wow I think there was definitely more positive in it than I think I had negative from it so um i think overall the thing with with this whole like dc making crap film sort of thing is that forget about it the christopher nolan ones were really good and then when they moved over into the um into the superman don uh what was it man of steel yeah which had uh christopher nolan as exec producer it's it was kind of like they like retained the darkness and like sort of seriousness of it all when really, Superman, you kind of want the music to play in him just to save everyone. Yeah. That. Which they did a little bit in Justice League. Great! But since then, they've been trying to kind of like stay inside this like sort of semi-real world up until maybe Suicide Squad and Justice League. Wow. The first half hour, I thought, was nowhere near as bad as Suicide Squad. Great! They they didn't have uh, expositional music selections where like the single tra- line in the track explains who the character really. Um, they I mean by normal standards yeah it was a bit of an exposition sort of mess but wow like they they've chosen the timing weirdly really like they haven't got an Aquaman film out yet they don't have a Flash or Cyborg film out yet so. But they do have to cram those things in if they want to have those people in it. So it feels like that's not really the fault of like Zack Snyder or Joss Whedon. It's just kind of that's where DC are at. And Cyborg was all right. Yeah, he was all right. Yeah. What did you think to like Batman quipping loads? I mean, it would be better if the quips were better. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think he's actually kind of an okay Batman. Really? Ben Bat. But um, anyway, so yeah, quite quite enjoyed that. It's not great, but I, I enjoyed it a lot more than I was expecting. Great. And that's kind of it for me. The the gripe, Ollie, I think I'm not going to bother explaining. It was really just about you and your organisation of a lunch that we had together in London. But we did have it in the end. We had it in the end, yeah. Oh, I want to say, because I'm so digitally connected again, let's go with a nine. Wow. Everything else has been going pretty well, so like that, it's a real boost that I've had recently. How about you? Uh, so, Ian, thanks for telling me about. Um, <laughs> thanks for telling me about the Justice League. There. Um, are we gonna? Are we gonna address? We are gonna the address elephant in your room because what you would have heard was uh, the cast of about three or four different movies all responding to Ian's chatter there. And that's because I had a malfunction with my end of the recording. Uh, you know, A malfunction. Yeah, you know the, the phone interference that you get on recordings or 
you know, on on your headphones or something, it would go did it did it did it did it did it. Basically, yeah, I think um, I think George Michael used it on his comeback track in like two thousand and one. Once the internet had happened, like that and dial up sound. Okay. I mean, because it was like really cutting edge. Yeah. So really, if you'd left it in, we would have seemed like we're kind of uh, prophets of the digital age. <laughs> okay. Uh, so well, we're not. We did actually already record my life score, and we already did record the deep dive. But my side of the recording was unsalvageable. It, and it's not a Danny Dyer um, episode situation where I'm willing to go back and re-record all my parts again. I'm just not doing but it. But it is, but it is a Batman's episode scenario <laughs> where, for the second time, you fucked it. Uh, so anyway, uh, so we're re-recording my life score and deep dive. So shall we just crack on? What I'd like to say from the top is my life score is not affected, um, <laughs> because even though I'm raging about this. I don't want it to look like you've gotten to me. No. I know, but you, you rage. Um, look, Ian, if there's one thing I know about you, <laughs> is that you rage far too easily about anything. Like, FFS must be your most used keys when talking to me. <laughs> only, only when chatting to you, man. <laughs> Things are going wrong and work left, right and centre and we just fix them. But when it's you, I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I just have that effect on you. Um, I don't know why. I don't mean it. Um, yeah. But anyway, let's let's just anyway. Plow. So let's pretend because we're essentially going to have to go through a lot of the same content later on after your life score when we do the December look ahead. I just want to pretend that the banter we're using is brand new banter, and if we use something that we've said before, what I want is you just to accept it. Yeah. Because this is your doing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, just Great. give me one sec Excellent. because my, my boiler's just turned on so I'm going to go and close the door <laughs> hold on one sec fuck I just want to make it perfect here I don't I don't want another excuse for you to type FFS I mean I feel it right now I'm back so I won't even edit that bit so it's fine well I'm great. So my life score has gone up since losing the original recording uh, because I've done, <laughs> well, I've done a, a great interview just now with the guys from Dark Matter Films. Um, okay. And that's coming next Sunday. Okay. Uh, so that's one to look out for. It's full of some really good, good advice, great guys, great banter, and some brilliant questions from yours truly. Okay. Uh, you know. I mean, you didn't ask me for any questions, so we could have made a five-star interview, but I'm willing to have a listen. Okay. I've been to see, with girlfriend of the podcast, Mandy, we went to see Battle of the Sexes, the tennis film starring Emma Stone and Steve Carell. So it's based on a true story. Um, do you want me to do the official synopsis? Yeah, go on then. The official synopsis. It's the true story of the 1973 tennis match between the world number one Billie Jean King and ex-champ and serial hustler Bobby Riggs. Well, we both really enjoyed it. I thought it was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be a tennis film, but it wasn't. I mean, it was, it did have two tennis matches in it. Um, You know, there was that, the big famous Battle of the Sexes match. It was really intense. It was very well shot. But it was more about a kind of love triangle between uh, Larry King, her her husband, or ex-husband, spoiler alert, um, her hairdresser, female hairdresser, and the actual game of tennis itself. 
um, and how that kind of that's, love- that's a qu- that's a quadrangle. Okay, well, it's a love square because if she's got three lovers, she's the fourth. No, she's got fourth, two fourth two lovers and the game of tennis. I mean, uh, fine. C- can I? Can we just? I'll let, the li- I'll let the listeners decide on that one. Move away from the geometry, right? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> it wasn't necessarily a tennis film, and where I'm going to with this is that this film led to my first ever Twitter argument okay. with two guys that really hated the film. They really disliked it. It seemed that they disliked it because they felt they were misled by the marketing. Um, okay, that. The actual prominent theme of the film was her discovery of her sexuality and her eventual affair with this woman, how it affects her game and how she comes to terms with it, wins the game. You know, you can check this out. It's all facts. Um, so there, there is still a sports film there. That's just facts. And my point is, is that the best sport films, or I think the sports films that I like, because it is one of my favourite genres, we've, we've spoken about this before, is the actual mm. subject of the sport, you know, is often secondary, like the wrestler or even Rocky or Battle of the Sexes. It, you know, it's it's kind of there. So it's a, a film with sport in it, but it's about the struggles, you know, whatever they may be, whether it's alcoholism, you know, an injury or coming to terms with, you know, very complicated situation in your life themes reach much wider than whoever wins the fight the match the game yeah Uh, and i really enjoyed it and i actually thought that the romance between these two women was played really nice it it was really it wasn't heavy-handed it was just what it was but as far as being lied to and the the marketing team sort of deceiving people i think it's actually a very hard film to market Um, and you almost do have to uh, market the sports slash kind of women's pay angle of it because unfortunately we still do kind of live in a little bit of the world that it was present back then that, that she was struggling to get through you know so it, it for me it makes it all the more important um, I think it's a very good film it's one of the best that I've seen this year um, I thought it was absolutely amazing Emma Stone was awesome Steve Carell was kind of like Michael Scott from The Office but playing tennis but I still thought he had uh, I still thought he was great there were certain scenes with him that I just thought you know he's he's just one of these comedy actors that can do broad comedy to comedy to drama, comedy to drama uh, at the drop of a hat or a tennis or ball, a tennis ball. I just thought right? he was great uh, Ian I, I recommend you go and watch it the music's great. Wow. The cinematography, I thought, was really impressive. Wow. Absolutely loved it. Great film. Ba- Battle of the Sexes. Did you and Mandy come out in a fight? <laughs> Mandy eh? said she felt very empowered. Uh, she really enjoyed it as well. Oh, that's yeah. good. That's good. But she has asked me to help put a telly up for her tonight, so not that empowered. Bloody women, uh. eh? <laughs> what are they like? Uh. Can't live with them. I mean, you can. You are allowed. Cool. Uh, what's your score? I, I think I'm I'm all the way up to an eight. Ooh. Think I was a nine, but I mean that was three days ago because you fucked everything. I mean, up, we so did. I'm, I'm not sure. We did lose the Owen Wilson question that I asked you, which was what was that? It was do you think that you could beat Owen Wilson in a wrestling match if you had like six oh, weeks yeah. training? <laughs> right. So I'll just answer this again because I think I still feel the same way. Right. So okay. <laughs> nothing's changed. So if I had six months to train against Owen Wilson right now, I think 
potentially he'd have the upper hand because he's got fitness on his side. Yeah. Um, but I think in six months I could be in fighting shape and then I'd have the upper hand because I know what's going on with wrestling. Okay. Um, you know, I've, I mean, he's got the money to have some sort of personal trainer, but he's also old. Right. And I feel like he's, well, older. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, 60s, the new 40, right? But yeah. I mean, you know, you saw Mickey Rourke when he was in the wrestling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I could have him in the second one because I think there's a limit to how good he could get. But there's no cap on you your know, like, on your ability. Is that what you're saying? Well, no, because I mean, if I was training, I'd, I'd I think I'd add to I think like an already in the sort of intuition level of what I would be doing to take him down. Yeah, I'd be adding to that if I was doing real training. And and the thing is, I also think that he'd just be at training and people would be showing him moves and like kind of maybe doing a single leg takedown and then grappling him and stuff. Yeah. And he'd just be like, wow. And like not take it in and be like, right, show me. And be like, where do I st-? I'm just thinking of how he was in the intern. Where do I start? Where they're like, okay, where do I start? And then like, yeah. But I'd, I'd much prefer to have him round my house for a sleepover. Okay. Uh, so costume wise, now I've given these costumes their own name okay so they're kind of themed around a name so would your costume be a tassels for days b world of leather or c mostly oil okay so it would either be mostly oil or tassels mostly oil practical he's not going to get a grip here but there is a chance that if i do touch myself in some form or other during the match (laughs) <laughs> okay I could have slippery hands of my own yeah um, so I'm going to go for you know the tassel option because you've got the pomp and circumstance and there's there's not too many slip ups involved okay sounds good um, yeah deep dive again okay enthusiasm get the enthusiasm get the enthusiasm in. back in let's start feeling festive oh yeah because it's going to be December isn't it yes the December movies look ahead will be uh, for December <laughs> sure but I mean it will be December Correct. also when it's when this is out as well yeah, it's the first look ahead we've done where we fucked up the scheduling and people are already going to be knee-deep in December by then. When people are listening to this podcast, if they're, if they're keen and they're listening to it on day one, if there are, if there are day oneers, I don't, I don't really want keen listening to our podcast. That's so bad. Actually, if they'd retweet us, then it'd be Look, fine. The day one crew, the day one heads, are going to be listening to this on the Sunday... And they will have already yeah. opened three windows on their advent calendar. All right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. Right. Well, okay. Yep. But two days before that, on the 1st of December, a, f- a lovely film comes out called Wonder. Uh, I'm just going to give you the official synopsis. So, The official synopsis. Based on the okay. New York Times bestseller, Wonder tells the incredibly inspiring and heartwarming story of August Pullman, a boy with facial differences who enters fifth grade, attending a mainstream elementary school for the first time. And obviously the trials and tribulations that uh, goes with having that kind of facial difference. Uh, it stars yeah. Owen Wilson, wow. Julia Roberts, 
and Jacob Tremblay as the child with facial differences. Well, you would have seen him in Room. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I've got a little fact for you here, because this is the first time that Julia Roberts has worked with Owen Wilson. uh, And this is definitely uh, a wow fact. Julia Roberts and Owen Wilson are both left-handed. Okay, no, that's actually an Ollie's shit fact. Ollie's shit fact. <laughs> okay, move on. What What's going to be good about this? Are you going to go see it? Daughter of the podcast, Rosie, is very much up for it. Um, she's okay. read the book at school. Um, oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. I, I didn't realise that it had... Uh, it was a, it was a um, film made from a novelisation. Or, sorry, the other way. Um, Ian, if you'd have listened to what I said during the official synopsis, the first line of it was based on the New York Times bestseller. Yeah, I just thought they were selling something else. Okay, yeah, so it's based on a book. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm going to go and see it. You know, I, I, I will always take the opportunity to see uh, Owen in a film. Well, be warned, because uh, on IMDb, there is something under the parent's guide for frightening and intense scenes, which I may have to, uh, given that I've got children, you know, take yeah. heed. So... The main character has a disfigured face. It may scared some people. <laughs> so okay. you know, you've got to you've got to think about how it might be scared. Uh, I've got some fun facts as well. So the character of uh, of August Pullman loves Star Wars. Jacob Tremblay in real life is also a huge fan of Star Wars. I mean, Ian. Oh my! What the, this what coincidence is crazy. What are the odds? Wow. This is from IMDb. I, I mean, it must be fifty-fifty. I mean, you're either Lord of the Rings or Star Wars, right? And he could have been either yeah. one of those. But I just imagine a a young boy being a fan of Star Wars. What are the odds? Mental. Yeah. What are the odds? Did they did they cast him based on that? I think I think it just made made his role a hell of a lot easier. <laughs> it's like ah, oh, this bit's easy. Yeah. Oh mate, I got this bit. Yeah, I love Star Wars, mate. Big fan, big fan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, so. Do you want me to bring my own toy lightsaber, or uh, you got one for me? <laughs> I've seen all the films. Uh, yeah, I'm a dab and at uh, driving the BB-8. Actually. Um, <laughs> What do you want to know? You can get rid of the. <laughs> what, what do you want to know? Ask me anything. Who are these crew? Oh, they're driving the BBA. Oh well, get rid of them. <laughs> I can <laughs> and do a it, number mate. of staff put put off uh, the payroll because he was doing his own stunts <laughs> in the BBA. <laughs> uh, so anyway, okay, there's that one. Um, what have you got? So Jumanji, Blumanji. Flamanji, so, yeah. So we got Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle. Um, so it's the sequel to the Rock's movie, Welcome to the Jungle. But it says here dedicated to Robin. Robin Williams. Don't know why. A tribute to Robin Williams. Uh, yeah, it's a uh, yeah. Well, that Welcome was to the Dwayne, Jungle too. Dwayne the Rock Johnson said that the film was not a reboot or a remake, but a sequel to the original film and a tribute to Robin Williams. Uh, one that Robin okay. Williams didn't ask for, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> you're having uh, yeah. this tribute whether you like it or not yeah uh, so the synopsis of this is the official synopsis four teenagers 
discover an old video game and are literally drawn into the game's jungle setting, becoming the adult avatars they chose. And the funny thing about this is, like, the the Rock, uh, his personality, so he's still the big, you know, bruiser that he is, but his personality is like a a nerdy, weedy guy inside. Um, Jack Black is uh, still Jack Black looking like he is, but he's... uh, his personality is of a, a a blonde girl. Yeah, so that that's that's the kind of that's the kind of thing. Sorry, is. His, sorry, is that a personality? Accor- I'm well, a listen, girl. according to the film, it is. Yes. Right. Okay? Yeah. So the sex politics of the film have been quite bad, as far as I can tell. I know that they've got that one line where Karen Gillan says, oh, "These clothes are really impractical." Yeah. But for the um, jungle, she's not. She's not wearing a lot. Yeah feels like it like it, during the trailer my gripe was it's Ian's trailer gripe basically she has only got one line in the whole trailer and she just stands around kind of like looking into the middle distance and like sort of having a nice stomach but not contributing and then like sets up Kevin Hart for his big zinger in the trailer and it just feels like why is she in it if they're not going to write her character properly or you know I mean it is just the trailer really sexist doesn't it well listen listen really I'm up for being proven wrong but I can't see myself going to the cinema for this one really I don't know whether I'm a rock fan or not I love the guy the rock Dwayne Johnson yeah brain the jock okay Johnson um, no, but I, I like the guy, but none of his films are like, okay, day one cinema trip. They're always, no, I'll check it out when it's on Netflix. Do you want another Ollie's shit fact? Go for it, mate. Ollie's shit fact. Uh, so this is the first... Shacked of the week. <laughs> Shacked. Yeah, so this is the first Jumanji film to be shot in the widescreen aspect ratio. This is a fact <laughs> from IMDb. So I laughed about this on Sunday, but it's still funny now. Uh, even though you didn't laugh, but um, I mean, it's I'll explain why it's funny to anyone that's confused. So okay, that'll make it okay, funny. So this is the first Jumanji film to be shot in the widescreen aspect ratio. Okay, so this is actually the only other Jumanji film. So that's why it's funny. Yep. So what aspect ratio was the first one filmed in, Ollie? don't know you're asking you're asking now yeah i am i'm asking now because i didn't ask on sunday and i I blindsided you but you should have been more prepared okay you've been through this once before (laughs) um i i would guess that it was four three is that a fair guess it's a fair guess we can find out yeah uh so what have you got next Um, the second of the two wrestlers in hollywood films of december okay it's gonna be ferdinand okay okay Are you aware of it? I mean, you are, because I've already told you about it. Yeah. Okay, um, but tell me again. Shall I give you the official synopsis? Please do, yeah. I mean, just give me one second. I'll look that up right now. Okay. Um, So Ferdinand 2017 is not made by Disney, just for everyone that's just unclear about that. It was a 1937 film. It's by Blue Sky, who did Robots and Ice Age. Yep. Okay. Uh, so here's the official synopsis. The official synopsis! After Ferdinand, a bull with a big heart, is mistaken for a dangerous beast, he is captured and torn from his home. Determined to return to his family, he rallies a misfit team on the ultimate adventure. Okay. Okay. So what's, your, what's your initial thoughts? My initial thought not thought synopsis on this is... Um, <laughs> 
I'm not massively sold on the story because they're like from the like one of the things they say about it is it's from the 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 story of Ferdinand or something like the well-known tale of Ferdinand. Okay. I don't know anything about it. Like, I mean, it's not something that's a big deal in the UK, really. I don't. Now, think. Does it have to be? Uh, well, no. It's just that they're, I think, assuming knowledge oh. from a worldwide audience. Right. Okay. And um, and like people should just know the tale of Ferdinand the Bull, but I think it might be a slightly more like America's sort of thing. Um, right. Anyway, it stars John Cena as Ferdinand, brackets voice. Uh, David Tennant as Angus, brackets voice. I think that's a little bit, you know, Angus. Bet you he'll be Scottish. Probably, yeah. Do you think he'll be a cow? Yeah, maybe like a big ginger, like Highland, Highland coo. Can you imagine um, uh, a line that he might say in the film? Oh, I don't know, Ferdinand. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Yeah, okay. It sounds good. Um, something like, they'll have us for sausages. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. I like Angus Angus Beef. He'll be in a burger sometime. Something like that. Uh, it's also got Kate McKinnon from SNL. Um, Ghostbusters. I've not really seen her in anything apart from like clips on SNL. Ghostbusters. Um, oh, Ghostbusters. Yeah, I haven't I haven't seen the new Ghostbusters. You're missing out. Uh, okay. Um, so anyway, I've got a question for okay. you. Okay. Um, I don't know if I'm going to go see this, but regardless, John Cena playing Ferdinand, he's, like I said on Sunday when we tried this the first time, he's kind of getting into more legitimate film roles. You told me, you know, he's done The Marine and blah, blah, blah. But this is a completely separate studio to WWE films uh-huh. and you know he's he's hit the big time and he's on his way to becoming the new rock okay. he's all charisma and muscles um, so the question is if you had to choose from Dwayne yeah. the jock um, versus uh, John Cena the bull um, who would win and that's the bull against the big jungle man who's a girl in a man's body with by the way three lives uh, does the Rock character have any kind of weaponry, or is it, you know, back to basics? No, because it's because it's not a two-on-one handicap match with Kevin Hart carrying the ammunition. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, it's a one-on-one, and he's just got his arms. And how self-aware is the bull, or is it just a bull? <laughs> I think the bull seems quite naive in the video. In the trailer, in the video. Yeah. On that video, I mean, he looked naive. Um, no, so I, I think uh, the problem with Ferdinand is he's big and obviously bullish, brutish. Yeah. But uh, I think his journey is to show people that actually he's a pretty nice guy. Yeah, I think I think he's going to end up getting absolutely pummeled by, by The Rock, yeah. <laughs> or maybe they'll just become yeah, good I, friends. Maybe yeah. that's how The Rock got his bull tattoo on his arm. The Brahma Bull. I think that's actually been covered up by some disgusting thing. <laughs> um, okay. Anyway, so I, I think him being pummeled may be the case when it comes to the comparison at the end of the year about how the two films perform because I think probably Jumanji's going to do that a little bit better. Okay. Financial pummeling for uh, John Cena this year. Can I give you... I know we've spoken about this one before, but... Um, aside from Star Wars 
one of the films that I'm most looking forward to this month because again it's kind of got that rock bottom pulling yourself up kind of vibe to it I actually really like the look of Stronger uh, the Jake Gyllenhaal film uh, so I'm just going to quickly give you the official synopsis. So, Stronger is the inspiring real-life story of Jeff Bauman, an ordinary man who captured the city's, uh, sorry, the heart of his city and the world to become a symbol of hope after surviving the 2013 Boston Marathon bombing. I think it looks really good. I think Jake Gyllenhaal is a is a wonderful actor. I've I've really liked him ever since I watched Prisoners. Actually, I thought he was he was great in that. So. Uh, are quite prisoners is the one with uh, huge action, huge action right? yeah um i really like him now so i will watch most of the things that he's in because uh, i think yeah. he's just a great actor so i'm I'm really looking forward to this one i think it's going to be pretty hard hitting um uh but not as hard hitting as that bit in the trailer where he <laughs> launches <laughs> off a swing <laughs> into somebody else and knocks someone over right so do do you think that he's in with a chance for for an Oscar based on this? Do you think it's serious enough? I think I think because be. Gil- Gyllenhaal has been known to do pretty much anything, like losing weight and like all sorts of like sort of very um, what's method what's the term? method acting techniques to get to to portray his roles properly. I think it's only think a matter of time before he gets recognised for the for the acting talent that he is. Okay, what's your thought on like what I would maybe call like sort of stunt um, method acting, where like for example, someone loses like two stone in weight or something like that? Uh, I don't really see how there's any other way to do it, and if they're prepared to do it safely, then I don't see why not. It's just the same as somebody bulking up for a role. Where do you where do you draw the line? (sighs) Amputating your own legs. Yeah, but I mean, obviously they, you know, just used special effects, so it's fine. I mean, that could have been a real kerfuffle with the insurance company. Yeah, but well, and future yeah. and future films the, as well, you know. So the only the only thing I felt about it was that the trailer there is that one shot with the swing, yeah, um, where it made it feel like it was dumber, dumb and dumber, or like Freddy got fingered, yeah, um, which maybe took it out of contention for me. Uh, maybe, but, but I mean, can you not have comedy in a serious film? Great question. Yeah. Great question. Talking of huge action in Prisoners with uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, what about The Greatest Showman? I've actually seen the trailer for this now, and my initial response yeah. was, I'm not so keen, but oh, I think that uh, I will go and see it. I don't think it looks terrible, but I think it looks a little bit high school musical. Okay. Because, I mean, not, you know, Zac Efron's in it, but the music is very contemporary. I thought the music sounded quite contemporary. You know where that's worked really well before? Moulin Rouge. Same sort of time period and setting. And uh, same sort of visual style as well. And they used modern songs, relatively modern songs. Um, And uh, that worked pretty well. And I think this film has got a bit of a Baz Luhrmann look to it. Uh, But it's not by Baz Luhrmann. No. uh, But it stars Hugh Jackson, who has obviously been in other Baz Luhrmann stuff like Australia. It is, in fact... Uh, I didn't know this when we first did the podcast, but it's directed by Michael Grace. Okay. Gracie. Um, So here's the synopsis. Inspired by the imagination of P.T. Barnum, The Greatest Showman is an original musical that celebrates the birth of show business and tells tells of a visionary who rose from nothing to create a spectacle that became a worldwide sensation. Yeah. 
Look, I like yeah. I like Hugh Jackson. You yeah. know, do you like Zac Efron? He's I, in it. I as well. think he's all right. I think he can do. Look, I've seen all three High School Musical films countless times. Yeah. You know, I could probably sing you the songs, but I won't. Okay, um, and you know he wasn't even that bad in them, uh, and I, I think he's been in pretty decent stuff since. But he does seem to have been sort of typecast as uh, muscle idiot. Yeah, recently. Yeah, yeah, we definitely agree. Somebody who is not a muscle idiot is um, Michelle Williams, and she's in it. And I've got like, quite a lot of time for Michelle Williams. She's like she's been very good and stuff. She was in that Marilyn film, My Week with Marilyn. Okay. Um, and Blue Valentine I like both of those yeah um, but I, I worry that maybe just based on the trailer maybe she's relegated to wife of the main character um, but time will tell check it out and we'll see I'm, I'm up for going to see that one anyway. okay so um, I guess we're going to have okay. to talk about Star Wars I mean how can we not how can you not so how will you be able to look at yourself in the mirror after this podcast <sighs> I will literally go and look in the mirror and just shake my head at myself for not talking about Good. it. Uh, okay, well, let's talk about it so you don't have to. I mean, no more than you would normally shake your head at yourself when you look in the mirror. Star Wars The Last Jedi. Here's the official synopsis uh, for people who've been living in a cave, like Luke Skywalker. Having taken her, oh, that's a good prepared joke for the second recording of this week's podcast. I, it wasn't. It wasn't pre-prepared. That was as, as you were. Okay, that was okay. Ollie magic. <laughs> Having taken her first steps into the Jedi world, Ray joins Luke Skywalker on an adventure with Leia, Finn, and Poe that unlocks mysteries of the Force and secrets of the past. It's the longest Star Wars ever. What do you think about that? Up for it. I mean, I'm not up for it in any sort of way that is like, right, I'm really anticipating oh, come it. On. Not we, both, we both really liked Force Awakens and we both liked Rogue One and I think we both cried at it as well. Rogue One? Yeah. I didn't cry at Rogue One, I don't think, did I? I'm sure you did. I Maybe had a really good cry at it. <laughs> it's one of my best cries yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, listen, I'm not like on the hype train for it but I will definitely see it and I'll definitely enjoy it okay I've just I I think I don't know what it's like in your office now and I don't know what it's like in our listeners offices but we use like group messaging stuff to like chat to one another and like sort of sort sort things out and work there's an off topic chat and uh, people will post videos for you know like trailers for games and uh, movies coming out and stuff and everyone's always like hyping the shit out of Star Wars mm-hmm. and um, and I mean I just think it's that sort of thing of like well if an album comes out like fine I could listen today but it's still going to be there in a week uh huh it's just what's your point know, I, point is like what's the desperation to get hyped up and see it I'm, I'm keen but I'm not going mad for it that's all that's all I mean I'm not going um I'm not going as mad as the little kid in Wonder is with his BBA. Do Lally. <laughs> He's going do Lally with that BBA. He's taking out three extras. <laughs> um, um, I just want to give you. So, I mean, I, I've got some parents' guide for every single film on this list. Uh, and this one is the violence and gore level. Uh, even though it hasn't been out, someone's taken a good guess uh, at what okay. might be in it. So it says. There's tons of space battle in this film. 
<laughs> and <laughs> there should be more violence in this film than The Force Awakens. <clears throat> did you lose your voice halfway through that? I yeah? did, yeah. So what'd you make of that? You're all right. Okay. Um, it's. I mean, I like that people have the time to yes. envisage what a film might have as far as you know, parents' guide recommendations and whatnot. But I also wonder, could there be more in their life? Yeah. I just got a quick question for you, actually. Do, do you think that Kylo Ren is a is like a massive goth or a big emo? Is it one or other, or, you, or were those both descriptions of the same? Uh, I mean, you could say they're two sides of the same coin, but I'm yeah. I'm asking you to say, is yeah. he a big goth? Or a massive emo. Because <laughs> emos are traditionally shorter than goths. Well, I think it's he's, more he's of just, an emotion. He's just a big goth. Oh no, oh no, if he's an emo, he's a massive emo. Yeah. As far as they go, height-wise, he's exceeding all expectations. Well, I think you've got um, to think, think about emotion, you know. I think he's an emo. Okay. I, think, I, think I that's, hate that's you, Dad. Fair. I hate you. It's not a phase, Dad. Then maybe when he killed him, he became a goth. Oh, shit. Spoiler on the first film. It's only just come out on Netflix. Good point. Um, I've rewatched it on Netflix recently, actually. Uh, Force Awakens. It's good. Okay. It's there. Uh, enjoy it. So, you know, maybe we should do a midweek mini-sode of us speculating what might happen in uh, The Last Jedi. But also, maybe we should just not bother and enjoy it. Yeah. Okay. What, what else is coming up in December? I've, I've got one, actually. Right, well, I've got Father Figures, which looks fucking terrible. Okay. Tell me about uh, Father let, Figures. Let, let's cover it. There's a good reason to. So, the official synopsis. Upon learning that their mother has been lying to them for years about their allegedly deceased father, two fraternal twin brothers hit the road in order to find him. I mean, this. I, I guess this film could also have been called... Women, eh? <laughs> what are they like? Can't live with them. Yeah. Oh, God, they don't know who the father is. <laughs> I mean, that's essentially what it is, uh, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, like, basically, like, this woman has had so many potential suitors. I mean, that, yeah. that's essentially what the film's saying. So the, the film may as well have I, been I think I think what the film film's saying is, oh, man, the 70s were mental. Yeah, okay. And all these dads are like wildly different, aren't they? Yeah, well, Ving Rhames is in it. (laughs) I'm not going to go see this film. And both of the actors who are playing the sons are white men. Who are are the actors? Ed Helms and... Owen Wilson! Wow! The reason for for bringing this up is that Owen Wilson is on screen with Christopher Walken. In the Walken Wilson Wow Off. Wow. Wow. The Winter Walken Wilson Wow Wow. Pow Wow. Yeah. So it also looks like it probably should have come out for Father's Day and then got tied up in some sort of editing issue. And now they've rebranded it with red and green because Christmas. none of it looks Christmassy and it's just Christmas that it's coming out. And they're like, right, let's shit this. And now it's competing with Daddy's Home too, and it's not going to stand a bloody chance against Mel Gibson. Definitely not. Um, one thing I'd say is I'm, I'm staring at the uh, poster here. It's really badly sort of composited images of everyone. I mean, it's, re- it's a really bad poster, actually, the more I look at it. To begin with, I hadn't really thought about that. 
but I'll, I'll maybe share that with you and we'll decide if we put it up online but um, what I'm noticing internet, is that by the way I'm, I'm going to put up uh, that up on the line is that <laughs> on, the, on the web uh, is that content <laughs> um, <laughs> is this content um, but yeah Owen Wilson's nose has been noticeably photoshopped to sort of uh, flatten out the sort of well-known ridge that he has at the sort of bridge of his nose so it's this completely smooth long nose yeah. that looks a little bit like that character from Star Trek The Next Generation or whatever it is okay. but I mean I think his nose looks great normally yeah me too especially when he's around have, having a sleepover at mine okay what have you got one last one and then we're going to have to stop this because we're you know making this episode hella long uh, three long yeah so my, my final one is uh, Blade of the Immortal which is the 100th film by Takashi Miike I mean I, I assume that's how you say his name I don't know um, but I actually really like a lot of his films uh, Audition and Itchy the Killer being two that uh, I would just wholeheartedly recommend have you, not, have you not really put the effort in for the other 98 there's a lot of them I did go through a phase of buying a lot of his films and some of them are pretty dark but I'm going to read okay. you the official synopsis so um, no you know why I haven't got an official synopsis because there isn't one um, So, but we can still edit that so yeah um, well I've got one the official synopsis for Blade of the Immortal is the official synopsis cursed with immortality a highly skilled samurai in, a, in feudal Japan <laughs> in feudal Japan promises to help a young woman avenge the death of her parents their mission leads them into a bloody battle with a ruthless warrior and his band of master swordsmen. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, a couple oh, of things... It looks, to, it looks great. So a couple of things to note really about great. his films is they're mostly batshit insane. Um, okay. And also they're hella gory. Uh, and this one's no exception. And as I said, I've got parents guides, so uh, the gore on this one... There is non-stop blood and gore throughout the movie. People are hacked apart in many different scenes. Limbs are removed in very graphic ways and nothing is shown off screen. Hey, so it's nothing is shown off screen. So nothing happens from the start to the end of the plot off that is not seen. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess they mean the, the bloodletting. So there isn't a scene where oh. someone gets hacked up off screen. It's all... Can I rent some blood off you? Yeah, so it's, it's literally... Uh, I'm an agent, I'm doing some bloodletting at the moment. So it's all on there. Um, but I've got a, a negative review here, but I mean, even this doesn't really put me off. So, story is about a dojo head being killed by a rival clan, and his daughter asks this immortal samurai to be her bodyguard and get revenge. Since this guy is immortal, it makes all the enemies weaker than him, and he is able to kill almost an entire army all by himself. It was not fun. I wish you hadn't told me this. Because then I would have... Oh, I guess it's in the name, isn't it? The Immortal. That's true. It was not yeah. fun. Maybe even a little irritating. The actor who plays the bodyguard is really good, but the story was too shallow. Samurai movies take great pride in what is the maximum and even beyond what a man can possibly do. It fills your heart with courage and strength. In contrast, this movie felt like cheating. And here's my pre-written joke well even pre-written comment uh, so he was basically pissed off that the samurai used cheat codes like in a game yeah. like in a game like a, a fighting game so he had uh, infinite health bar 
Well, he didn't have three lives like the ones in uh, Jumanji, though. Yeah. So, what do you make of this one? Are you are you up for it? I'm I'm up for it. I think that that comment uh, commenter sort of contradicts himself because he says, um, like the limits of what man can do, or beyond, and like it's beyond what a man can do to be immortal. So, you know, I think you've got him there. Anyway. Right, I've got him there. You've gone and played him the second time. So, uh, um, so, so there's a couple other name checks. The Shape of Water looks quite good. That's a Guillermo uh, del Toro film. Um, okay, I mean, maybe that's a little bit too much of a thinker for you. Talking about thinkers that you're not going to be keen on, uh, Wonder Wheel, which is the um, new Woody Allen move film. On. You're out on this one. Move on. Uh, but I think the trailer looks really good for this one. And also, if any listener has enjoyed a Woody Allen film, maybe you could send us a message because Ollie is dead set on never ever watching one. Oh, and never, there was a time where I ever, think I would ever. have I, I would have gone on a campaign to make Ollie watch one, but now there's so much to do with just like him being a bit of a weirdo and a bit of a pest that I don't think I would really put the effort in. But if anyone else would like to recommend a good Woody Allen film, then we can just you know shove it in Ollie's face um, and that's kind of it there's a Gotti um, film with John Travolta looks pretty low rent but it's probably about three hours long um, and then there's also Molly's Game which is about um, a poker yeah or, I saw a trailer uh, for that organizer. and it, it, it looked pretty crap yeah it looks pretty bad um, it's got Jessica you know Chastain what I'd say I, really and I said this stuff. to Mandy as well I said this to a uh, to, to Mandy, uh, who's a who's a female, I said yeah. it looks like uh, basically a male feminist fantasy film. So it's like as if a guy has written uh, a strong independent woman film in the worst possible way. So you know, oh, she still has to have a bloody you know Russian mafia in it. All the women still have to have a lot of cleavage exposed. It it just looked a bit of shit. Yeah, I've got to say. Well, it's based on a book um, that was well, written by wrote the, the real book life was a, you know, what you know, whatever a, a Woody Allen. What does that mean? It's just a wrong one. Um, well, I mean, it's based on the book by Molly Bloom, who is the titular Molly. It's fine then. <laughs> uh, right, is that it? Yeah. Okay. Well, if you've liked the podcast, then you can uh, check out more of them by going to facebook.com forward slash guys on film and then following the links there, they'll get you to our archives of different um, podcasts from the past. We've had about 60 or so now, so just have a listen. There's loads of good stuff there, including. Uh, what, what are you laughing about? <laughs> no, carry on. I'll tell you in a minute. <clears throat> Jesus. Oh, there's plenty of good content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't think so. Um, no, I mean, if you want to go back and listen to the Porno Quiz Part 2, which is good, then you can do that. That was uh, a recent one. Yeah. Or go back and listen to Porno Quiz Part 1 if you're that much of a power. Um, and if you want to check us out on Twitter or Instagram, it's at GOF Podcast. I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah? So what I was laughing at was that um, like, I think this re-record has been better than our yeah. original one uh, it's been much better but the recording is running at one hour six minutes 
Yeah, that's fine. So, <laughs> and we've already got half, half an hour of episode anyway. So this has been a long one. It's fine. It's okay. I mean, it's all your fault, but I think overall it's better. It's your fault that it's turned out better. <laughs> it's a bumper episode. <clears throat> it's a blame game sort of thing. Okay. But, um, anyway, that's it. Right, bye. Bye. Bye!